take bigger risks earlier in your life. If you're listening right now, you're under 30, go for it. Stop sitting around. Adam launched Tyrology back in 2010. He's now helping over 5,000 locations across 130 different brands. Really, again, hire more effectively, onboard more effectively, and just bring a lot of waste and pull a lot of waste out of the hiring and recruiting process. They're growing rapidly. 2016, 9 million, uh, 2017 scaled to 17. Today, they're at about 1.7 million bucks a month in revenue, hoping to go up to 27 million in terms of run rate by the end of 2018. Currently 90% net revenue retention annually. They're spending, you know, three to five grand to acquire these customers targeting 11 to 12 month payback period. 170 people between Chicago and other remote locations around the U.S. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Adam Robinson. He's the co-founder and CEO of Hireology, a venture-backed hiring and talent management platform named a top 50 best workplace by Inc., a top company culture by entrepreneur, and number 94 in 2016 and number 332 in 27 on the Inc. 500 list of America's fastest growing private companies. Adam, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Very good. So up to this real quick, because I know when you obviously apply for Inc., you have to report things like revenue figure. Where were you in 2016 and 2017? Uh, we were just a shade under 17 million of uh, gap revenue in uh, in 17 and uh, just under nine in 2016. That's great. Okay. So now tell us what the platform, that's a big old hook right there. So now tell us what the platform does for people that aren't familiar. Yeah, we're everything that an uh, owner operated uh, business needs to be good at the people side of their business. So we focus uh, our talent technology platform on branded business networks like dealer networks and franchise systems. So over the last four years, uh, you know, we've grown in specialty markets like automotive retail. You know, one in nine new car dealerships in the United States run Hireology to build and keep their teams. We're in over 130 franchise brands and 5,000 uh, owned and operated locations individually that are part of some branded network. And uh, that nuance really matters in our value proposition. Yeah, so fi- so 130, we can think of 130 almost like logos, and that's across 5,000 locations of those logos. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay, and how do you price? Do you price based off logo or per location? We price per location per month based on employee count at that location. Interesting. And what is, that's obviously, you know, knowing how to price and what to tie your, your utility value to is a tricky thing to figure out sometimes. How did you come to that kind of being your equation? Uh, yeah, that, that's the question. You know, we started our business in 2010 and we were a job slotting model. So you could buy a one job opening subscription to Hireology and it'd be the platform for what you need on demand. So we were selling to the market we had access to, which is small businesses that didn't have a lot of resources or anyone yeah. selling to them. Right. And so we've grown from there. Now, what we find is uh, as we've expanded the platform and the breadth, uh, our value prop is really based on uh, servicing the number of employees that you have. Uh, so if you're trying to maintain headcount of 50 employees, that means you're running a certain size career site, you're running a certain number of job 
ads and, and marketing spend. You're running a certain number of interviews, tests, assessments, drug and background screens, and we price based on uh, your revenue, uh, or sorry, your employee footprint, and that drives our revenue and pricing. Interesting. So if we look at it on the 5,000 number, the location number, not the logo number, on average, what's a location paying you per month, would you say? Uh, really, really depends on on the industry. Uh, blended, you're looking at about uh, 250 to $300 a month. Okay. So that's, so that's a tricky price. Well, maybe not, but a lot of people that are in that like 100 to two, $300 ARPU range, it's tricky because it's usually not enough to put touch on the sale. Right. But it's also not cheap enough where the sales will be no touch on the website, right? You have to put something on it. So how do you manage that balance? Well, what, what you would find digging in is that, you know, the average, uh, owner in some of our largest markets own four to six locations. So that, that location ARPU of 300 bucks really is more like 1500 to $2,000. I see. Yeah. So you're still, you're essentially, you're still selling bulk deals, right? But per location, yeah. it's the 300. And what's different in our markets and the reason why it's, uh, you know, tough, tough to, to get into this space is because those four locations are, are typically operated as four independent LLCs with four different ownership structures. Wow. Maybe owned by a common holding company, but the ownership structure is different. So if you're a traditional HR tech company selling to a centralized uh, HR uh, team at corporate, that doesn't exist in, in our customer base. They're decentralized networks, different ownership structures, and requires a completely different tech stack to pull it off. That's interesting. It seems like obviously you're pulling it off 5,000 locations, 300 bucks a location, puts you at about 1.5 million a month today. Is that generally accurate? Uh, we're actually, uh, a little bit North of there. Okay, um, good. So we're, we're, you know, run, running close to one seven. That's great. When do you think you'll pass two? Uh, third quarter. Oh, great. That's great. And that would then put you at, what is that? A 20 million run rate coming out of this year or something like that? Uh, 20 now, 27 at the end. Yeah, oh, good. That's, that's good growth. How do you, how do you kind of forecast what growth targets you want to hit? Like, how do you know that you want to go for 27 after doing a 17 year? Oh, we look at our addressable market and, you know, we really, we look at what's possible and then we look at what's the, what's our maximum efficiency to get at our maximum growth rate. So we don't want to blow it out, have our, our acquisition costs go off the charts, have our LTV to CAC ratio crater. It's just, it's just not worth it. So we're trying to build the best business we could build, which is uh, the right amount of of hyper growth, right? There is there, there's a point uh, you know beyond which it's just not worth getting that incremental customer because you have to pay too much. Uh, it's just inefficient. So we, you know I think you know we're proud of our capital efficiency and the way we approach this. T- tell me more about that, and maybe let's approach it from a payback period number. How quickly do you like to get paid back on your CAC? Uh, generally, we we love ten to eleven month paybacks. You know, and if you're if if we're fully loading in customer success and support, sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't. Depends on the analysis we're running. You know, that'll stretch it a little longer. But on core sales cost, you know, we're inside of eleven months most that's, of the time. That's good. So kind of backing the math out of that, you're spending somewhere between three and five grand to get a new location. That's correct. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, where where is the spend most effective for you to the extent you can share? Uh, when we can get in front of prospects, that's the most effective. So we're, you know, we do a lot of old school. Uh, it is thought leadership publishing. I've, I've published a book. We crank What's it a called? lot. Of, it's called the best team wins, build your business through predictive hiring, uh, which has really had a huge impact on our business. And yeah, I mean it, it, you know, we're showing up, uh, instead of being, 
you know, paying to speak, we're being paid to speak. It really makes a difference. We're seen as a thought leader in our markets. We really get to know our industries and our verticals. And so uh, it's really, it's, it's made a difference. So when we can show up and there's 400 people in a room that could all buy from us, you know, we got with 40 or 50 customers. That's a good use of time. I, like you guys, have never been able to find a project management tool that I love. You know, my blog writers like one thing, my developers like one thing, my designers like a different thing, and it's so difficult to get them all on the same page. So when I had Roy Mann, the CEO of Monday.com on the show, I was pleasantly surprised at what he told me regarding his traction and his growth, and I said, maybe I should try this thing. So we now use Monday.com. I started with the magazine. We've launched the Latka magazine, solely dedicated to SaaS founders. It's the only magazine focused on SaaS. And my content writers and my designers worked beautifully together on that project using monday.com for project management. I then said, well, let me give it a real test. Let me see if I can use this for sprints and product cycles with my developers using it as well. And so we did that for GitLatka on our last release. It worked like a charm. Never before have I been able to find one tool that my developers, my designers, and my writers, and myself can use and be happy with. You know, for me, I do most of my work waiting on the boarding deck about to get on a plane. I have to be able to access this stuff on my mobile device, and it works beautifully. We've been using it for several months now, and I said, Roy, I'd love to introduce this to my audience, but you gotta give me a great discount. Make me a great offer. He said, Nathan, okay, fine. If your folks sign up and try it today, we'll give them 10% off all plans if they use this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. So you can go there, try it for free, and if you decide to start paying, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's nathanlacka.com forward slash Monday. Walk me through uh, funding, right? So I, I don't think you're bootstrapped. How much have you raised and why'd you make the decision to raise it all? Yeah, we've, we've raised uh, it, somewhere in the neighborhood of about $31 million to date. That's come in three different rounds, A, B, and C, uh, most recently uh, at the beginning of this year. Um, and we did it because I, you know, we saw a market opportunity and there's a window on that market opportunity that closes. And, and we frankly uh, thought we could, we could execute this strategy uh, win these markets and return capital to shareholders in a way that you know make them pretty happy. And so we 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 saw the opening and went for it. Yeah, it, it's fascinating to me, um, Adam, how many sound companies there are in this exact space. Like we had we had the ISIMS folk. You know, Colin was on recently. You know, he's cranking you know well north of hundred million. Obviously, bootstrap, just killing it. Moved into a new office. You got Gusto. You got Zenefits was just on. H- how is there so much space for all of you? Well, a problem, by the way, I mean, and ISIMS is just a world-class organization and Colin's killing it. I mean, it's just, you know, you know you're going to look, aspire to be as well-run $100 million business as that one. But the uh, it's a universal problem and it's a persistent problem. Companies are really bad at the people side of their business. And, and uh, as the economy expand, expands, the workforce expands, the problem expands, the number of companies created uh, we'll always have this, this, this issue. Big companies have this problem. Small companies have this problem. The problem's never going away. Uh, and so it's all businesses with employees have this issue. That's a big market. I mean, it is, it is a t- in tens of billions of dollars of opportunity just in the United States. Yep. Are you playing at all? I, I think, I don't know if it was Jay or Colin, Jay at Zenefits or, or Colin at iSims that said that they were just now expanding product line into the um, kind of job recruiting ad spend market, which I guess people spend 15 billion on recruitment related ads annually. Do you have any products to hit that, that space or no? 
Yeah, it's just so interesting. I mean, some of you know what I who I'd consider thought leaders in this space all are coming to market at the same time, realizing the same thing that <laughs> our company's not only bad at hiring, they're bad at advertising their opportunities. Yeah. I mean, they just light the world on fire with with their money. And uh, we we have a product uh, we call Applicant Engine. We launched in January. We've been in the market for six months with that product. We think it's bigger than our core market. I mean, it it you know I, I think a lot of the smart players see it and are going at it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is, you know, traditionally you'd spray your money around a bunch of job boards, uh, and hope you get some applicants. Now it's really more, you know, companies like TMP have operated in this space that, you know, that own monster with a traditional agency model. I'll help you spend your ad money. Uh, programmatic is going to own that market in five years. And, and it's companies like ours and ISIMs and others that are going to help customers do that. That's right. And, and that can happen at all segments of, uh, of the market enterprise and large midsize where ISIMS plays and down to, you know, small midsize and small business where we play. Yep. Uh, churn, what do you at? Uh, 90 plus percent net revenue retention annually, uh, you know, in our markets, that's, that's, that's pretty good. At your price point, you know, you're not selling huge quarter million dollar annual con, maybe some are, but it's not your kind of your key sale. Can you get to net negative kind of, or, or should I say over a hundred percent net revenue retention annually at this price point? Yes. And in fact, we expect to do that by the end of next year. And what will be the main growth driver of that? How will you get there? It's going to be new products. So we, you know, we are, we think hard about how we configure our product bundle. Um, we want to go in with an, what, you know, we'll call an essentials package and upsell over time. So we, you know, what we've learned over the years is even if we have the opportunity to sell a customer, everything we, sh- we probably shouldn't because they're, they're going to churn if they're paying for stuff they don't use or see the value. And, and so there's a lot of excitement at the front end. We're generally the first HR tech in the door. So we can sell them more than they need, or we can sell them everything they think they want to buy. We've been very good at pulling the deal sizes down and upselling over time, which is a trade-off, but it pays for itself in churn. And revenue expansion, you know, you've got a much more uh, sustainable business. And what do you assume lifetime value is on these folks? You know, we 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 measure that, um, you know, both at three, four, and five years generally to run our um, scenario planning. Interesting. Yeah, the, the LTV number is always a tricky one to actually use when you're making strategic decisions because it can change and fluctuate. But if you assume three year minimum at three hundred bucks a month, you know, that's twelve grand there in lifetime value minimum. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing we think about in, in um, you know, in our senior leadership discussions is let's not worry so much about these theoretical SaaS metrics. You know, lifetime value could theoretically be infinity if we do our job. And so let's focus on building great product, delivering great value, servicing customers and keeping them on the platform. And lifetime value is going to be what it is. Longer is better than shorter. So let's not, you know, navel gaze and be theoretical. I like that. I love I love navel games. Has not heard that term before, but I assume that means you're looking straight down, looking at the short term the whole time, right? Well, looking at your, you know, just kind of picking the lint out of your <laughs> belly button, trying, you know, thinking about problems, and, and you know, meanwhile, you know, the 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 things on fire right in front of you, and you're not even seeing it. Yeah. So. What's your team size today? Uh, we are 170 today. We're we are, um, you know, we see an opportunity in a window in in. What, you know, everybody thinks is pretty late stage uh, of the economic expansion, but everybody's been saying that for the last three years. And so uh, we, we have the opportunity and the capital to, to, to really push it and lock up some market. And so, you know, we're uh, in the middle of a pretty big hiring push. That's great. And where's the team based? 
Uh, we are in Chicago, Illinois. I've got uh, a bunch of uh, reps in the field that are home-based around the country. Uh, and then our engineering team is 100% home-based and remote throughout the United States. Oh, that's great. So Chicago and remote locations. Very good, Adam. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, besides your own, what's your favorite business book? Uh, my business uh, favorite business book changed last year. It's Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And what was it before that? Uh, business, uh, favorite before that, um, I was a big fan of seven habits that, yeah. that is a book that's had a big impact on me. Two good ones. Number two, is there a CEO you're currently following or studying? Uh, CEO I'm currently following or studying. Um, you know, the short answer is not, not, not one that p- pops the top of, uh, top of mind here. I, I spend a lot of time reading, uh, latest and greatest mark market Intel, uh, business every day. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll read four or five newspapers a day, electronics, some actual paper versions of newspapers. I'll admit it. I like the traditional side. That's good. Number three, uh, Adam, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Uh, favorite online tool for building our business. Well, I'll tell you the tool that's most important to our success is Salesforce. Yep. Number, uh, number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Five and a half to six. Okay, that's pretty. Okay, that's you're you're that's, you're skimping there a little bit. What's your situation? Married, single, kids? Uh, married, four children. That's nine, why <laughs> nine and under. Our uh, you know our our one year old got up last night, decided she wanted to party at about three o'clock. So I'm a little little groggy right now. But yeah, <laughs> that, that explains the five six hours. And uh, how old are you, Adam? Uh, turned forty two on Saturday. Ah, exciting. Very good. Last question. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew? Uh. Take more risk sooner um, because it's a lot easier to bounce back back then. So I, I, I wish I would have pushed it all. Things that were a big deal just weren't. Yep. They just weren't. It just put, pushed it harder and I'd be a lot farther. Guys, there you have it. Take earlier risks. Uh, take bigger risks earlier in your life. If you're listening right now, you're under 30. Go for it. Stop sitting around. Adam launched Tyrology back in 2010. He's now helping over 5,000 locations across 130 different brands. Really, again, hire more effectively, onboard more effectively, and just bring a lot of waste and pull a lot of waste out of the hiring and recruiting process. They're growing rapidly. 2016, 9 million, uh, 2017 scaled to 17 today. They're at about 1.7 million bucks a month in revenue, hoping to go up to 27 million in terms of run rate by the end of 2018, currently 90% net revenue retention annually. They're spending, you know, three to five grand to acquire these customers targeting 11 to 12 month payback period, 170 people between Chicago and other remote locations around the U S Adam, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks for having us back.